Hello again, and welcome to Black Father-Daughter Talk. I'm Miriam Williams. The other voice you hear on the podcast, except in the intro and the closing, is that of my father, Rabu Aki. I interviewed him on Father's Day 2015, and we've reached the last segment of our talk from that day. When my grandfathers were alive, I celebrated them on Father's Day as well. So I thought I'd ask Daddy what he thought about my grandfathers. Even though it, it didn't appear to be working, your relationship with your adopted parents, what's something you learned from your father that was helpful or that you've carried on into your own parenting? I learned to be persistent. My adopted dad, he's gone now, but he, was a, he wasn't a talker in terms of his relationship to me. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't get out of him because I didn't think to ask him about it in time. It was like um, I was grown and had left home and came back before I got him to tell me, before I got any stories of him and of his military service out of him. So, you know, it was just a lot. There were just vast portions of his life that I didn't get to get the advantage of because he wasn't, you know, he just, he didn't spontaneously share. He had to dig, had to dig it out of him. But he was a model of hard work. He was just a model of hard work, just hard, hard, persistent work with a good attitude. To my knowledge, he was absolutely devoted to his family. <laughs> he had a great deal of integrity as a man, and he, he was just a good, devoted dude, the type of person that he was. I thought him a bit stern, but I was, but I don't. But now looking back, I don't think he was stern at all. He was stern. He had a stern countenance. He would look stern, but he wouldn't be hardly as stern as he looked. Quite a lot of times, but but he was. I don't know. He, he affected me a great deal with his goodness as a person. He and my mother both have affected me a great deal with their goodness as, as people. He was. Although he was a little mean, I'll say that for him. He had, he had a little meanness in him. Knowing his side of the family, there's a little meanness in that side, a little mean streakness in that side of the family. He had that in him, and it's interesting. It, it seemed to me that he and my mother were a particularly good match. Cause my, my mom, she's just as solid as a rock, and he's. It's like to me, in, in, in my family, to me, it's like my mother is is the rock, and he's like the sea that comes up and wraps around her. They came up and wrapped around her, so together they were able to, to build a life in which they brought me and uh, made it possible for me to, whatever, what little uh, a life of a life that I've been able to build, it's because of that, through them, so. And what about your, your sort of father-in-law, my mother's father? Oh, well, it is really among among the men that I admire, uh, he, I rank very, very highly. Uh, if we were Chinese, I might say that old Ed must be an incarnation of the Buddha. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> for a man to be more patient, of course, well, of course, as, as, you, as you know, Ed had, when I met your, uh, your maternal grand, granddad, he had a house full of females. Yes. And I'm telling you, I've been out there visiting your mom before you was born, and even after you was little, when all the females, it must have been about seven females in that house, and Ed, 
And when all of them were just, for whatever reason, screaming at the same time, and, and it's just like, a, it would be like, like standing behind the engine of a 747 jet. <laughs> the intensity of the din that all these women, like these uh, of various ages with big healthy voices once they're upset, once they're, and then somewhat high strung, that they were all just, it was just like, <laughs> it'd be like a roar. And uh, it would just be sitting there smiling and watching TV. <laughs> and then it got just too much, it got just, yeah, cause it, and it would go on and on too. I'd see it just go on because whatever interactions were happening, and that's what they were, of course, interactions happening at the top of people's voices. Not even necessarily with the, with the people even being angry, just that they interacted at that level of volume, and they would just get up and go outside and start working on doing some mechanic work or doing the, the kind of constant work that he employed, that he kept himself employed with, often as a favor to somebody else, just a, a, an upstanding pillar in his church and just a, a constant and patient and uh, forbearing man who always had just a wonderful smile and who would go, would go anywhere for, for his, who would go anywhere and do what was required in order to look out for the good of his. I was deeply impressed with him and consider it a, a, a blessing to, have, uh, to be associated with his family. How do you see yourself, or not see yourself, in those two men, especially as a parent? Well, both of those guys stand, you know, up far up over me because they're parents in the traditional sense. They're fathers in the traditional sense, and they're parents in the traditional sense, and husbands in the traditional sense, and uh, they, they've done what is traditionally and socially expected by, of, by men in our culture, which is grew up, obeyed the rules, served their country, uh, found a woman and made her their wife, settled down, bought homes, and built a family in the traditional structure mode. So I, I don't, I'm not even in the same, uh, I can't look at, see myself in the same realm as that. Okay? I just respect them in the realm, in that realm. No, I can't, I can't compare myself to that because I haven't done those things. Anything else you want to add? Well, um, yeah, I'll add this much. In terms of parenthood, of being a father, uh, uh, I feel like that for me, uh, there, there were pieces of me and pieces of my life that would never have, that would never have began to mature had not your mother said to me one day I'm pregnant. And from the minute that from the minute she said it, then my perception of myself began to change. I was, I was aware of that immediately, not of what it meant, but that the way I perceived myself changed because uh, I, I had, n I don't think that before you were part of my life, dear, that uh, I had matured yet to the point where I was really capable of understanding the need to put somebody before myself at all. I don't think I, I just don't think I got it yet. Uh, 
And so, I guess that's the, the gift that fatherhood brought to me was to click that process into motion and to begin to put me on the route to that kind of maturation. I can't see how well I've done, uh, but that's all right because I'm aware of it as process and not as a product. And that's about it, Jim. Daddy, thank you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and happy Father's Day again. Thank you, dear. And hopefully we can do more of these if this one comes off well. Yes. Thanks for listening to Black Father-Daughter Talk. I'm Marian Williams, and I produce this podcast. You heard original music by Jason Shaw called Solo Acoustic Guitar and licensed through Creative Commons. If you like this podcast, tell someone about it or leave comments about it and rate it on iTunes. Thanks again to my dad, Ramu Aki. Daddy and I talk about a lot of different things on a regular basis. So if there's anything you'd like to hear us address, let me know by going to my blog, redboneafropuff.com and clicking on the contact link. Until then, keep listening.